Hello, everyone. This is localjobnetwork.com radio, and I am Tim Muma, your host for today. Now, you've checked into the podcast Employment Notebook, where we touch on a variety of topics that can relate to success in the workplace. Public speaking, it's often voted as a thing people are most afraid of, even more than death. But it's really a reality when it comes to working in an organization. You may have to pitch an idea or speak at a conference. So to help all of us become more persuasive speakers, we've called upon an expert, Sims Wyeth, president of Sims Wyeth & Company, as well as the author of The Essentials of Persuasive Public Speaking. How are you doing today, Sims? I'm good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. As I mentioned off the top, that uh, you know, public speaking can be something people don't really enjoy, although they may have to do it. And I found it interesting that uh, with your organization, it's described as the art and science of persuasive speaking. How do you how do you differentiate those? Where do we go with art versus science? When you're talking about public speaking. There are some fundamental principles about uh, how people absorb information, but the the way to use those principles is an art. So just as in any say any art. There are basic principles, and then you need to apply them to particular circumstances. And so that's why it's called the art and science. Okay, makes sense. Now, I think the first question people always probably have when they're looking to create a speech uh, or, or you know, lay something out for, for another individual or group of people is, you know, where, where do I start? How do I get this going? Do I need to be funny? Do I need to, to wow them? Do I need to shock them? What's your typical advice for getting started with that persuasive speech? Well, there are many different ways. One way, for instance, is to use a prop okay. uh, and, hold, and hold something up. And uh, people loved uh, the, the concrete uh, versus the abstract. So putting, holding up a prop is a good thing to do. Uh, but I think most presentations and speeches need to be, uh, answer the question at the very beginning, why are we talking about this? Mm. What does it mean to the audience? Uh, I think that's the first thing sure. that needs the first question that needs to be answered. And how about the idea that you know a lot of people feel, oh, you know, make a joke up there, or if I can do something to really engage them in that way and and show my personality. I, what are the pros and cons to trying to be you know that that comic or trying to I don't know impress them with with a joke? What are your thoughts there? I don't think that's a good idea. Most <laughs> of us haven't been paid to tell a joke. We're not professional joke tellers. That's a fair point. And the the other issue about trying to impress people, I think that's a big danger too. I think you need to be well prepared. Uh, you need to be your plain old self because that has the ring of authority and truthfulness. And uh, I would avoid trying to, to show off. Rather, talk about something that is important to the audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of the way you are approaching the audience and the way you're talking and the way you are bringing up, you know, whatever subject it might be, when we're talking about what you, how you portray it, are you speaking in jargon? Are you speaking extremely professionally? Do you want to keep it light and loose? And I understand it may depend on your audience, but what's sort of the general idea you would give people in terms of how you communicate with them and how you speak? Well, there's an old saying it says, speak to the audience in the language of the audience about what's most important to the audience. Hmm. Uh, people are most interested uh, in their own problems and solving them. And so if you can pitch your presentation or speech to, uh, in the direction of a, of, a, of, of a compelling problem that the audience has, 
they are going to be both uh, in emotionally engaged because you're talking about something they really care about. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you offer your ideas as a solution to those problems, they will be intellectually engaged. So you have the, the, the full Megillah there. You have both emotional uh, interest in, in your topic and intellectual curiosity about uh, what it is you're saying. So you have captured their attention on, on both those levels. And that's what really good speaking does. What is your take on listing items or laying things out you know, maybe in a way that would be effective writing-wise. I, I mean, you hear different people do different ways, but do you see that as being effective? Do you see that as being something that will lose your audience? What's your take on a, sort of a, a list when you come to speaking? A list? I'm a, I don't know. In other words, uh, having uh, the top 10 things or something well, like that? Well, you know, just laying it out like here, I'm going to go, I'm going to touch on this, I'm going to touch on this, and then we're going to go here. I mean, is that is that something that's okay, conducive to public speaking? Because to me, that sounds more like writing, you know, but I've I've heard people do it yeah. this way. I've seen it that way. Yeah, well, it's sort of like the, the I think maybe we're, we were taught in school, I'm going to say this, at the, I'm going to start my school essay by saying, this is what I'm going to say, right. and then I'm going to say it, and then at the end, I'm going to summarize and, and I think that many presentations are done that way. I guess I call it the uh, tell them to the third power <laughs> technique, which is uh, tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you told them. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're saying or that's what you're asking me, I think you know that's a, a very competent way of organizing a presentation, at least you know because the ideas get repeated three times once in your introduction. Uh, once during the body of the talk, and then they are summarized at the end. But it's not very dramatic. It's not very original, mm-hmm. and it's not very compelling. It's it's sort of process oriented. I would say that we there's there are better ways to do it. How about the you know you brought up a, a prop to start things off. How important are visual aids in general when you're talking about going through some sort of speech? Uh, is that something that you would utilize a lot? Is it do people use them too much nowadays? What's your overall thought on that? Well, I think I would distinguish uh, a speech from a presentation this mm-hmm. way, that a, a speech does not have visuals. Okay. A presentation does have visuals. The visual element of, of a speech, somebody who's standing alone on a stage in front of a lectern, is the, the speaker's body language, first of all, but the stories that the speaker tells, because those will play in the theater of the mind for the audience. But most of us in the business world, as you know, we use PowerPoint. Sure. And so people, people are using visual aids, and the, the best kind of visual aid is a visual aid that is actually visual rather than uh, language-laden. Uh, I think we all know that too much text on a slide is is going to exhaust the capacity of the audience uh, to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So I would urge uh, all speakers to minimize the number of words on their PowerPoint slides and find a way to use compelling uh, imagery uh, that will hold the attention of the listeners and, and, and tell the story in a visual way. Right. You brought up body language, and I, I always thought this was an interesting aspect. Uh, you know, you, you look back and think back to 
in older days, it seemed like there was more stoicism and, and less moving around. Do you see body language as being important in terms of emphasizing points and, and having a lot of movement? Or where do you draw the line between that being a distraction and being beneficial? Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, in the 19th century, the great orators would, would stand on a stage and they'd have to, you know, wave their arms way above <laughs> their heads and shout at the top of their lungs because the crowds were large, there were no microphones, right. and there were do- dogs barking and horses <laughs> neighing, you know, as they as they spoke. Um, so they did. They had extravagant gestures okay. uh, to in order to be able to just people at the back needed to know who's the guy who's talking, you know, uh, you know, twenty five yards away. So that, I mean, there there was a very formal style in, in the nineteenth century. Our style today is uh, quote unquote no style. In other words, authentic, the authentic person. And that's just as much a choice and a style as uh, the great speakers of the uh, 19th century. It's a, just a, a fashion for us at this point in history that, that we're, we're going to act natural instead of acting uh, with, with a great deal of, of formal intention. So I would say that, yes, uh, uh, I think movement today uh, has to be purposeful. It just has to, you have to suit the action to the word and the word to the action, as uh, Shakespeare had Hamlet say. It's, uh, you know, a purposeful body language. When you want to say something, you, you say it not only with your, your mind and your mouth, but you also say it with your body. And you want to make sure that there's confluence or alignment between what you say, and what you're doing with your body. Is this a way that people can show passion? Because we see that as being an important factor of public speaking, especially persuasive speaking. Uh, is that a way you show passion? Are there other ways you can express your passion about a topic? Well, I think when somebody's really passionate, we sense it. There's some kind of energy that comes out of mm-hmm. the person. Their eyes are, are focused. They stare at the people they're speaking to. They're, they're watching the other, the faces of the listeners to see if the listeners are are getting what the speaker is saying, and you know it's pretty hard to fake that. I mean, right. people when you you can see some, I would say, people who are in the religious business trying to get people to do things, and you know sometimes you see that on late night TV, and it's so phony. And I would say passion, yes, passion is expressed uh, from the toes up to the top of the head and out to the fingertips. And uh, you (laughs) you know it when you see it or feel it. I think to go along with that, at least uh, from what I gather, is the idea of you you listed it as finding a sense of truth. What does that mean? How does that express? How do you really know that that's what you're hitting on as opposed to faking it as you brought up just a moment ago? Yeah. For instance, I think sometimes in the business world, uh, we get handed a, a deck of slides and they were created by somebody else, uh, maybe, uh, you know, three years ago. And it's a sort of a standard presentation that some department has to make in order to explain what they do. Right. And if you're if you're the new guy on the block and they say, yeah, go make this presentation and you've never you have to figure out what the slides mean and what the logic of the sequencing is. And the language on the slides that maybe doesn't fit the way you would talk about it, and suddenly you're you're stuck with this deck of slides that just drives you crazy. It just doesn't make any sense to you, and you have to memorize it and recite it. And it be, and when it, so the presentational aspect of it is 
you know, you, you just can't do a very good job. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the sense of truth in my own speaking and, 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 me, and many of my clients, it's how can you f- find your way into the topic that really ignites your own curiosity and your own passion so that you can bring the best of yourself to the occasion. So it's, it's like trying to, you know, get into a locked house and, you know, you're, you're knock on this door and there's, you can't get in you, you, because and you will go over there and you try to knock on a window to get somebody to open the window. You know, what's the best way to get into the topic for yourself so that you feel a sense of truth and authenticity and, and, and passion when you're speaking about this topic? And that's, I think, a really important part that you have to find your own way into the material. Well put. Uh, for yourself, do you have any individuals that you had always looked up to or you kind of hold up as a great example for individuals that you're talking to? Um, anyone that you you see as being that terrific public persuasive speaker? Well, I think one of my favorites is uh, Robert Reich. I don't know. Uh, some of your listeners may not be familiar with him, but he mm-hmm. was uh, Bill Clinton's uh, former uh, Secretary of Labor, and now he's—I think he's a professor at Berkeley. He was a wonderful speaker and very f- funny, and very uh, entertaining, and also very, very substantive. I remember seeing him uh, at, at, in the biggest ballroom in America at the time, in down in Orlando. And he's a very short man, and <laughs> he got up on the—he got up on the stage and disappeared. Uh, you know, in front of 1,500 people and, and disappeared behind the lectern. Literally, you couldn't even see him. And uh, from behind the lectern came this voice, and he said, when I began to worry about the political economy of the United States, I was six foot five. It wore me down. And then he stepped out from be- from behind the lectern and sort of came up to the front of the stage and wrapped his toes around the lip of the stage and held forth on various uh the various ways companies were uh, American companies were dealing with the with the globalization of business. Mm-hmm. It was uh, at that time anyway. It was a, it was a fascinating talk, and he always t- he has wonderful stories that he uses to illustrate his points, and that's also a very important part about being a good speaker. You got to collect stories and tell them well. Sure. We are getting a little low on time, but I wanted to ask with your organization and what you do, what is sort of the typical schedule like? What is the setup like when somebody is looking for some help or you are reaching out to someone and and giving them some consultative advice or give them some tips or some insight onto how to improve what they're doing? What's what sort of the steps that you guys go through? Well, I, I mean, I have a various range of services in our business, but I'm doing a lot of a, a coaching of senior executives, people who, who basically have to create energy in organizations who have to have presence and authority and light up a room when they when they stand up in front of a large crowd, and that you know that's not easy for folks to do who who've spent all their lives you know analyzing numbers and being a highly uh, I'd say analytical rather than expressive. Sure. So I think that's that's one that's one area of it. Basically, I, I ask people to show me what they're doing now. And, you know, give, give me a, a copy of a presentation, uh, a video of one, or, or actually let's just sh- get up on your feet and do it for me. <laughs> and I can, I can almost always see uh, immediately what, what could be done better. And, it, you know, that comes from having done this for, you know, 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I, I've done my 10,000 hours of, of work. You know, Malcolm Gladwell said, you know, you can't be good at anything unless you spent 10,000 hours at it. Right. So uh, in th- there's that. And then there's an awful lot of uh, practicing and rehearsing. Not only, I, you know, the, the physical stuff. Some people need to learn how to use their voices better. You use your voice very effectively. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but but lots of people don't. So that that's that's another thing. And then uh, you, you we you need to understand the the ancient history and science and art of how to speak and hold the attention of a large group of people. And you know it's been written about since for two thousand years, but it is a, a practice, a discipline that, well, many people master and most don't. Well, I, I do appreciate you going through a couple of the, you know, maybe inside thoughts there that come along with the idea of speaking, whether it be publicly or even, uh, as you said, maybe by a smaller presentation that people have. Before we do wrap up the show, anything else that you'd want to touch on to leave our listeners with, especially those that, again, have that fear, that insecurity of speaking especially persuasively, whether it be in their organization or at a conference, anything you'd want to leave them with uh, today from our conversation? Yeah, I'd, I'd say a couple of things. Number one, the, uh, don't be, don't be n- nervous about being nervous. Everyone is nervous. Everyone is nervous. And the only way to get better at it is to step into it and do it consciously and calmly as the best you possibly can. And the more you do it, the more confident you will become. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is that uh, you need to understand that it is important to you if you want to have a successful career and you you're going to want to stand out and the only way to stand out is to be able to get up there and express yourself in a compelling way. And uh, there are many ways to do that, but it is entirely learnable. Entirely learnable. And just like you can learn how to ski, you can learn how to figure skate, you can learn how to not only master your fear, you can learn what the art and science is about organizing information to hold attention, and you can also learn how to master this ancient, ancient art, which is the art of leadership and influence and persuasion. I think that is a terrific place to leave us off today. Unfortunately, you do have to close out this edition of Employment Notebook in our discussion on becoming a more persuasive speaker and getting up there and doing it, as our guest has said today. He is Sims Wyeth, a man with a ton of experience as a speaker and consultant, and he's also the author of The Essentials of Persuasive Public Speaking. You can find some more tips there as well. Sims, thanks again for sharing your tips and insight with us. We do appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. Of course, we always want to hear from you, the listener, as well. If you have any comments or suggestions, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any thoughts related to our podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.